This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS Sports. So glad to have you on a Thursday drive. You are listening to WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, where in the span of a little more than a week, the chatter surrounding the Panthers' first pick has gone from C.J. Stroud's the guy to it's a toss-up to now it's Bryce Young and everybody seems to know it. This doesn't seem like a smokescreen anymore. It seems real that C.J. Stroud has fallen out of favor with the Carolina Panthers because the Bryce Young buzz it's not subsided. In fact, it's continuing to grow with every day a new respected insider coming out and saying, yeah, that's the guy Carolina's going to take. Today it was Peter King, and here's how that sounded on the Ross Tucker podcast. As it was told to me that weekend, and I'm going to use this word because it is exactly the word that was used to me. There are people in that building who had, quote, leanings, all right? And I believe those leanings now were to Bryce Young. Add him to the list next to Chris Mortensen, Adam Schefter, Mel Kuyper, who this week put out his mock and had Bryce Young there when before he had C.J. Stroud. Every day it's someone new. And as I mentioned, in the span of just a few days, Stroud's gone from the betting favorite in Vegas to conversations now being had whether he's even the second best quarterback on the board. Joe Person put out a story today saying that Anthony Richardson is still in the conversation for the Panthers. But in the story, he said they're not really seriously considering him to be the number one pick. But if they facilitated a trade with Houston, if the value is right for them to move back a pick, they like Richardson enough that they might consider taking him number two overall. Getting some value back, recouping some value that they traded away in order to get to number one and still getting a guy they feel really good about. But the thing that's lost in that story, Richardson would be the guy and not C.J. Stroud, which leads us to sound from former NFL exec Michael Lombardi, who, kind of reading the tea leaves, he's really plugged in. There seems to be a prevailing thought that There are more than a couple teams that have Richardson over C.J. Stroud on their draft boards. C.J. Stroud's an interesting guy. When you talk to people in the league, they'll tell you C.J. Stroud is not, this is not a knock, this is just a a conversation, not an easy guy to coach. Kind of, of, you know, you got to be really, he's very, I think the word that people use is he's very not believing in what you're saying. I don't believe in the idea of draft stock. I don't believe in that because it really is just when we get information. We get the information a lot later. So there seems to be this perception, given how the media works and how things get reported later on than when decisions are actually made or judgments are actually made in this case. It can look like they felt this way about this player at one time And now they feel completely different, which doesn't really seem to be the case. Carolina probably has felt this way about Bryce Young all along. And when they traded up, 
It was with the thinking that they were going to take Bryce Young. We just didn't have the information. And really, when you start to explore the arguments, and we were guilty of this too, for why we felt Stroud might be the pick, really, it stemmed on two things. We dissected those videos that Josh McCown put out with Josh Norris prior to him being hired by the Panthers. He did 30-minute breakdowns of Bryce Young tape and C.J. Stroud taped. And pretty clearly, he liked Stroud more than he liked Young. But even if that were the case, that's a flawed way of looking at it, even though he's the Panthers quarterback's coach, because the quarterback's coach is not the one that's going to make this decision. He's going to coach whoever Scott Fitterer wants him to coach. Same thing with Frank Reich. Those are the guys whose opinion matters. David Tepper, his opinion obviously matters. Josh McCowns really doesn't. Why are we putting a lot of stock into that? The other thing is, oh, look at the size of C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young. There's this argument, oh, Frank Reich has only had quarterbacks start six games in 17 years who are shorter than six foot four, and he's a taller quarterback himself when he played. Well, C.J. Stroud isn't 6'4 either. And Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network was with us this week, and he made a point that I hadn't heard before. Well, where was the time where he could take an excellent, shorter player of Bryce Young's caliber? When was the point where he was in control in Indianapolis and had that option? The way he put it was, if he never had a chance to order it on the menu, how could you say he doesn't like it? If he never had a chance to order it. Bryce Young is a rare type of player. You could even argue he's a unique athlete given his how thin he is and also how short he is. So perhaps looking at those two things relative to Reich and McCown are pretty flawed. At this point, if you're still thinking this is a smokescreen, you are giving the Panthers a lot of credit. A lot of people would be wrong who are never wrong if the Panthers go in a different direction. If it isn't Bryce, Peter King, Chris Mortensen, Joe Person, Mel Kuyper, they're all telling you one thing. And they know how this works. They know if it's a real smokescreen. I'm starting to believe it isn't. And when I think about the Teppers, I think about taking big swings. I think how they like superstars and how they like flash and greatness. They're not going to be deterred by the fact he's shorter. They're going to say, wait, I know that guy because he played in bigger games at Alabama and won a Heisman. C.J. Stroud didn't. Bryce Young's the guy who's in those Dr. Pepper Fansville commercials. Not C.J. Stroud. Bryce Young, he's the star. He's the franchise quarterback. He's the guy who's being compared to Steph Curry and Mookie Betts and all of that. And it seems, meanwhile, while his stock's going up or The buzz with him is very positive. Probably a better way to put it. It's the exact opposite for C.J. Stroud right now. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, if you want in. It's also where we're streaming video. In addition to Twitch and YouTube, Will Dalton is the executive producer of this show. WD, what are we giving away on today's show? We got a couple pairs of Kevin Hart tickets. Mm, Greensboro Coliseum next month. You can't even buy those tickets yet. They're not available until tomorrow. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll give them away when BDOT joins the show. Six Man of Carolina Basketball will be here at around 5.30. So if you want to win tickets to that, your chance is when he drops by. Tonight in Sunrise, Florida, 
It is game 82 of 82 regular season games for the Carolina Hurricanes. And listen, the Canes better be... The Canes better be ready for a battle tonight because they are not the only team playing for something. Since the Islanders won last night, Florida needs to win in in order to avoid the Boston Bruins in round one next week. That's what's on the line for Florida. Boston. Carolina has the Metro division hanging in the balance. This is a meaningful game. And there's a chance Carolina and Florida might be playing each other in round one if things shake out correctly. It's also concerning that this game is on the road. The Canes haven't had a lot of success on the road lately. They've lost their last three road games and four of the last five. The one time that they played in Sunrise this year, they were beaten three to nothing. It's also worth noting, Florida's the first team Carolina's faced in the last two weeks that is going to be playing in the playoffs. So while Carolina has slumped a little bit, they're slumping against teams that don't really have much to play for and aren't really that good. Or at least a handful of them aren't. A handful of them didn't have anything to play for. So I view this as another must-win game for Carolina. And the reason why is you might be thinking, Josh, well, they're going to make the playoffs. What are you talking about? Must-win game. Um, I think for Carolina to reach its goal, which is get out of the second round, get to the conference finals again. That's the goal for Carolina. That's what it's been all year long. I think they need to be Metro Division champs. You can't be limping into the playoffs losing four of five when you had things in control, especially when you're playing teams that aren't really that good. Most of them aren't down the stretch. Carolina needs to get it together. It's now that this needs to happen, especially without Andrei Svechnikov. Carolina, I don't think, can get through the gauntlet of playing the Rangers in a round one series and likely the Devils in round one and round two not having home ice advantage in that second series. I don't think Carolina could afford that. So they need to win and get the favorable first-round matchup, and they need that home ice advantage in round two as well. And that's what's on the line tonight in the regular season finale. Check this out. We're on at five. The perfect blend of sports and pop culture happens this evening at six with The Rich Eisen Show. Okay, let's get this show rolling. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. Much like my Baltimore Orioles, this segment is going to be fun and stupid. It's our video game draft in honor of this Mario movie. What movie are you more excited to watch that's in theaters right now? Air or the Super Mario movie that has become not just a national (laughs) sensation, but a worldwide sensation? Of the two, probably Super Mario. Interesting. Yeah. Not going to knock you for that. A lot of people... Like that movie. I'm just intrigued by it. I thought I was going to have difficulty going to a matinee last week and going to see Air, but because there was a long line when I got to the theater, but all of them wanted to go see the Mario movie. So I, I wouldn't say it was an empty theater off Haynesball Boulevard at the AMZ over there, but had myself a nice time. Did had you like it? Space. Love Air. Oh, it's fantastic. I have a theory on why that might be. Perhaps we can get to that when B Dot joins us. Six man of Carolina basketball. Six, 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 six. 
full disclosure, speaking of those O's, I'm distracted this segment because it's 7-7 seven, <laughs> seven in the bottom of the eighth. I've watched every Oriole game so far this year, yep. and the O's have a couple runners on base. Full disclosure on that. So here's how the video game draft's going to work. Four picks. Four selections for WD and I. And the thinking is, well, who would have the better collection of games out of the four, right? Like, if you showed up at someone's house and these are the four games they have, whose collection is better if you are limited to just four games? It'll be a snake-style draft. I have the first pick. I randomize things. So let's get this thing started. The first pick in the draft is in, WD. We're going with Mario Kart. We're not worrying about console here. See, that's what I was going to say. Which Mario Kart? We're not worrying about console. It does count. That would make things a little trickier. And Let's just assume we have all the consoles for this. You have all the consoles at your place. Yep. So Mario Kart is my choice quintessential multiplayer game if somebody has it i've never saw someone who said oh you have mario kart what a <laughs> loser no everybody loves mario kart i played it on my wedding day it's sentimental to me a listener just showed up in the studio remember that i do somebody i just said on air i wanted a n64 for my wedding day and guy shows up i think his name's brian shout out to brian shows up with an n64 he still hasn't taken the N64 back. I haven't used it since then. It's still just sitting in a bag in my house. Did you reach out to him? I have. He he hasn't told me when he wants his N64 back. I have your N64. I haven't stolen it. I haven't sold it or anything like that. But Mario Kart, that's my first choice. My pick is also in. And I'm going a little bit newer gen here. Grand Theft Auto 5. No! Mm-hmm. That was the second game. That was the second game on my big board. As it should be. Oh. GTA 5. I mean, the Grand Theft Auto series in general is revolutionary. As I'm far impressed as, by you right now. You're impressed. Very impressed. You shouldn't man. be surprised. You at took this. the number two game on my big board uh -huh. second. No, the Grand Theft Auto series, it's revolutionary in and of itself. But GTA 5, it is such a gorgeous open world game. It's now been on like three different consoles. It's the first time they actually improved the graphics. Yes. Like so in, I remember buying that game. That was the mm -hmm. last video game I maybe bought. 2013. Fantastic game. I love it. Very good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get old, GTA. No. no. Like, hey, what are we going to do today? We're going to blow up a fire truck. There's or... also there's always something new to do. Right. Pick, so that's a really good one. Yeah. You have the next pick. Well, that's right, I do. <laughs> Would you look at that? <sighs> Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Nice pick. One of the better first-person shooters, and if you don't know what a first-person is, it, it's like when it, you, you're like, it's your perspective. It's not like a camera over the body type thing. You got the gun in your hand. That's what a first-person is. And that was kind of the first shooter that went away from the World War II game genre that was kind of played out at the time. And multiplayer was revolutionary for this game. It really kind of upped the ante on that. So, COD 4. If you're going first-person shooters, I'm going to go first-person shooter. Halo 3. Oh, good pick. 
not one or two. It feels like it just took the good stuff from both those games and mastered it. Like some would say, oh, the original's the best. Well, you couldn't jack vehicles in the first one. And you also couldn't dual wield in the first one either. I like both those things. And the third one has the sword as well uh -huh. that you could hit people with. And the online aspect of it, you got to have it. I probably played that game more than any game out there. Halo 3. Here's how great Halo 3 was. Our family's cat at the time got hit by a car and died the day that that game came out. Oh my. I was bummed about the cat for maybe an hour because Halo 3 came out and I had Halo 3. Uh -huh. And I loved that cat, but I loved Halo 3 even more. That, does that make me a monster? You could put that. You could put the cat in the oven and turn it into a biscuit. Hey, well <laughs> done reference. on your part. Okay, yeah, we know it's a movie reference. Mm -hmm. You just killed your own joke. Sorry. My next pick, Snake Trap. I'm gonna take a sports game off the board. ESPN 2K5. Excellent. The iconic cover, To making the one-handed catch. It's the greatest football game ever made. Get out of here, Tecmo Super Bowl folks. Get out of here, folks who are talking about oh the NCAA games. The only reason you don't, the only reason you love the NCAA games is because they haven't made one since 2014. ESPN 2K5 was way ahead of its time with Chris Berman doing highlights and such, and it's an awesome football game. And it's the last NFL game that was made by someone other than EA Sports. ESPN 2K5 is my pick. Well, since we're going sports, I'm going to go NCAA college. Hold on a sec. I'm cutting you off. Fly ball to right. Sack fly situation. Oh. Play at the plate. Out. No. Inning ending double play. You done? Out at the plate. Favre. You done? Yeah. What, what was it? Basketball or football? You said NCAA college basketball 2010. Interesting. And the reason it's specifically 2010, I believe this was Blake Griffin on the cover. Blake Griffin's on the cover. That also, up. Duke had John Shire on the team. Correct. But and Carolina's still at Hansboro. Correct. And the well, might have been the year after. This that. was the year after that. Oh no, no, it was that because 2010. Well, the game was 2010. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, I guess that's right. Maybe you're right. I don't know. No, no, no. You're it's right. It was the year after because but it was the Ware Twins. I remember that now. The reason that it's that year specifically is because you had the option in the game to like do either the ESPN or the CBS broadcast. That's true. And I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever freaking oh, seen. Yeah. You could do like the Final Four broadcast. It was just so cool. It's an excellent yeah. choice on your part. Mm -hmm. I have one more pick left. Oh, wait. You have I the do. snake draft. I do. Mm hmm all right, I got to get something for the oldies in here. <sighs> Give me Super Mario 64. Mm. Super Mario 64, also an open world game, but I believe, I think I'm right on this, this was the first Mario game that was like three-dimension if uh, in, in the open world sense and just really fun game, really colorful game, but really cool to play so super mario 64 i think you made a great mistake there i think if you there was another one i was looking you at you should have done mario party rather than uh, going with super mario 64 that's, not what, I was that's not what i'm gonna go with to close things out my last pick is in super smash bros mm. i will ruin 
anybody listening to my voice right now as Yoshi. I will butt bomb you to death as Yoshi and Super Smash Bros. You do not want this smoke. That game is fantastic for the Wii, for the N64, for Nintendo Switch. It's all good. So I'll tell you what my four are right now. And then WD, you can share yours as well. My four, Mario Kart, Halo 3, ESPN 2K5, Super Smash Bros. You're four. Grand Theft Auto 5, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, NCAA College Basketball 2010, and Super Mario 64. Who did it better? 336-777-1600 on Twitter at WSGS Radio. We'll give you a chance to vote on that a little bit later on in the day. If the Orioles split a four-game series with the Oakland A's, it's going to ruin the rest of the show for me. <laughs> it is. The O's were leading yesterday, and then they lose by four runs. They were leading 7-4 to four today, and now we're in a 7-7 tie, and then that play at the plate. I thought for sure that was going to be a deep enough sack fly. Boy, <sighs> vey. But that's how you know you're a great fan. You, you're willing to root for a team that isn't the New York Yankees. Uh, yes. I mean, I'm, I'm a good fan for the... I'm a Hornets fan. That's true. So. That's... I have more respect for the fans that root for at least one team that isn't good. Yeah. Hornets. Here we are. I'm not a parent yet, but it's going to be a requirement for me as a parent that you root for a team that isn't good. Teaches lessons, builds character. It's the drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. We've been walking on air in this four o'clock hour. The Baltimore Orioles won on a walk off by Adley Rushman. Taking three out of four against the Oakland A's. One out of the two people in this studio is very excited about that. I'm sure you can figure out which one of the two that might be. We have a poll question out. WD has never heard of Meg Ryan. She's the rom-com goat. So we're going to make him watch a Meg Ryan movie next week. Vote on our poll at Josh Graham Radio or at WSJS Radio telling us whether it should be when Harry met Sally, Sleepless in Seattle, or You've Got Mail. And then we'll get WD's thoughts on that movie a week from now. With Dan Schneider selling the Washington Commanders, that being the big news today, I have compiled a list of his five worst decisions as the Washington owner. Things that happened on his watch. Just to prove to you, the big story, the way that people were going to talk about Dan Schneider is in the non-football context. And that is terrible. He deserves to go for all of those reasons. He probably deserved to be voted out by the owners. This probably should have happened sooner. When talking about the cheerleader scandal, some of the toxic culture that was inside those walls that Schneider helped perpetuate according to some former employees. 
That's all terrible. The way other owners have talked about him. They say that he's hard to be around. You can't stand him. He's impulsive. He's classic case of Napoleon syndrome. I remember I was walking right by him at a Panthers-Washington game a few years ago, and I was amazed at how short the man was. First thought I had was, oh, the Napoleon syndrome stuff. That makes sense. But I don't want people to forget how bad he was in terms of football decisions. So for that reason, we have here the five worst football decisions by Dan Schneider in Washington, starting with... Number five. The Donovan McNabb experience. 2010, they traded for Donovan McNabb coming off a bad season in Philadelphia, and they traded away a second-round pick and a third-round pick and gave the guy a contract extension in November of that year. It was the day that Washington was drilled by Michael Vick and the Eagles on Monday Night Football. They gave him an extension, and he was benched a month later and then traded to the Vikings the next offseason for a sixth-round draft pick. So you gave up a second and a third and then gave the guy an extension, then benched him a month later and shipped him off for a sixth-round pick. That is only the fifth worst football decision that I could think of in the last half hour. Number four. Hiring Steve Spurrier. Really, this is a combination. This is a twin killing here. Twin billing. He fired Marty Schottenheimer after just one year in order to hire Steve Spurrier in 2001. It's not the worst decision. It's probably his most notorious decision because of how outside the box it was. I'm fine with doing things that are outside the box, but Spurrier just wasn't the right guy. There are a ton of crazy stories that you could find that showed how bad of a fit he was in the NFL. 12-20 and record before he was fired after two seasons. Number three. The Deion Sanders deal. That might have been the same summer they also signed Jeff George, even though they already had Brad Johnson on the roster. They gave Deion Sanders $56 million, and Deion retired for the first time after just one season with Washington. This started a trend of Dan Schneider being willing to throw money at guys, but throw them at the wrong players. Looking at you, Adam Archuleta. Looking at you, Christian Fourier. Oh, there were a lot of dudes he threw money at that weren't any good. Number two. Firing Norv Turner. This is crazy. You know how people talk about, oh, an owner wants to put his own imprint on the organization. That's what he wants to do. This is a classic example of that. In his time as Washington owner, Washington won two playoff games. And one of those two playoff wins came his first year with Norv Turner as the coach. They won the division. They won a playoff game, won double-digit games. And a year later, WD, in 2000, 13 games into the season, they had a winning record, and he decided to fire Norv Turner during the season. Off a division title, off double-digit wins, off a playoff win, winning record in the season, you've got to go. So that way we can hire Marty Schottenheimer, who we'd fire a year later. Number one. It's only one answer here. Making Albert Hainsworth the $100 million man nearly 15 years ago. It was the first $100 million man 
I think on the defensive side of the ball, might have been for all players. Wouldn't surprise me given how bad Dan Schneider is at this. It seemed to be the worst free agent signing of all time. After getting $100 million, he played just 20 games in two years. Albert Hainsworth, the worst decision Dan Schneider had on his watch as Washington owner. I'm glad that he's on his way out, and I'm sure Washington fans can agree with that. 336-777-1600 if you want in. Joey is in Thomasville and wants in on Dan Schneider. Joey, I don't know if you're a Washington fan or not, but if you are, I'm sure you're pretty happy today. Free at last! Praise God Almighty! We are free at last! Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, Josh, I've been a Washington fan since the days of Jack Kid Cook and the Joe Gibbs days. And, you know, when I was growing up, I was used to, you know, I got spoiled. I mean, we were winning Super Bowls, or if we weren't winning it, we were there or in contention. And I just got used to that being a way of life. And I remember when Daniel Snyder bought this team, I was actually excited. We had been, had a couple of down years and all. And I remember it's like he was such a fan of this team from his youth. I'm like, he's going to be a great owner. He's going to be fantastic. Well, you just rattled off 10 of probably a thousand decisions that he made that just took this team into the ground. This once proud franchise. I mean, people, you know, that are younger, they have no idea of the success of then the Washington Redskins. Yeah, in 1999, when he took over, only three franchises in the NFL had won more Super Bowls than Washington had. Exactly. And, and so, you know, like I said, I got used to it. I was excited. And it wasn't, you know, in the, a few years that it took me to realize, oh, no, what have we got here? And, you know, he's constantly meddlesome, constantly signing these, you know, guys that were past their prime for all this contract. Like, you just mentioned it all. And so I am so – I mean, he did to me what he's done to so many fans. He drove me away. I loved watching this team. I made trips up to D.C., to watch the games, I totally – I lost interest in the NFL because, I mean, I've watched big games and all that, which none of them include Washington. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I'm hoping now that we can get some ownership in there, get the boat righted, and make some good decisions and, and be competitive again. I'm so excited. And I'm so thankful for this day. It should be a good sign. Thank you for the call, Joey, that the guy who, uh, who's going to own the team – is also the owner of two other sports franchises, and both those teams are in the playoffs. The Sixers are in the playoffs. The Devils, we'll see tonight whether or not they're the Metro winner. That'll depend on the Carolina Hurricanes against the Florida Panthers. But a lot of Washington fans, I'm sure, feel exactly the way that you do. Joey, appreciate the call. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. The sixth man of Carolina basketball is B-Dot, who joins us now. Dot, we've got not one pair, but two pair of tickets folks can win to go see Kevin Hart in Greensboro next month. And we figured grammar school would be a good opportunity for people to try and win those tickets. They're not even on sale until tomorrow. Dot, you always, you never cease to amaze me in terms of how many people you're plugged in with, whether it be you on a Beyonce track and casually dropping phone calls with Chris Paul and 
us hanging out and you ignoring a call from Nick Cannon one time. You're, you're a plugged-in guy. Did you ever cross paths with Kevin Hart? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Kevin Hart is one of my bosses. Not only were we teammates on an episode of Wild and Out, but um, when the LOL Network first launched, I was privy to be invited. Um, I was actually Chris Paul's plus one um, to the LOL Network um, launch party in California. And then this past... Uh, what is this, April? This past February, I actually was booked by the LOL Network to shoot my very first national commercial with Zyrtec. So, yeah, I'm very familiar with Kev, man. Great dude. Yeah. Has it amazed you how much he's taken off? Like, in the world of comedy, where does Kevin Hart rank right now? Because I didn't spell this out. I just said he's in Greensboro. He's not performing Tanger Center. He's performing the Greensboro Coliseum. He's performing arenas. Yeah, the Greensboro Coliseum is the biggest coliseum on the East Coast. But... Um, as, as it pertains to Kevin Hart, man, I remember back in around 2005, um, my wife and I were dating and we went to go see Kevin Hart perform at a club called The Venue in Greensboro, North Carolina. And it was like just a warehouse. It was like an open spot. It, it was the, the name The Venue was great because it was literally just a venue. And he wasn't even the headliner that night. Um, Michael Blackson was the headliner, and this comedian, Toure, he was on that show, and Kevin Hart was on that show. And those three guys are all from Philly. And there, um, there might have been 30 people in the building. 30. And my wife and I were two of the 30 in this place that could have held maybe a 1,000 people. And Kevin came out there and performed like it was 3,000 people. Like, I mean, he performed like it was a show show. And, I, and that was before I had even started stand-up. And I always took note of that. And now when I see him selling out arenas and baseball fields and football fields, he deserves it. Because whether it's 30,000 people or 30 people, you're going to get the same Kevin Hart show. And that's just a testament to his greatness. I have a theory that I espoused in our, uh, uh, our production meeting. We had a promotions meeting as well. We had this conversation. The first time I was aware of Kevin Hart was in the movie 40-Year-Old Virgin, where he has the cameo. He's going off on Romney Malco's character. And if you don't remember who Romney Malco is, he probably was the funniest movie and uh, funniest character or uh, actor in the movie 40-Year-Old Virgin, which is incredibly funny. But I have a theory that Kevin Hart had the career that Romney Malco is supposed to have because everybody saw that in that scene... Kevin Hart was funnier than Romney Malco was. Like, you remember Kevin Hart in that movie, even though he was only in it for two minutes. That's, like, one of my biggest goals. Like, when I get into a movie, God willing, it'll be in the next 365 days, I want one of those roles. Like, one of those roles that isn't a main role, but you come in and you kill it in a way that, like, in, like in um, Friday After Next with Pimp and Mike, you know what I'm saying, Cat Williams, that's when he came onto the scene, being that pimping character in Friday After Next. And it's like... You know Day Day, Mike Epps. You know Ice Cube, but who is this funny pimp dude? He's hilarious. And then Cat Williams becomes Cat Williams. Um, I never really viewed Romney Malco as a comedian. Um, <laughs> that may be very disrespectful to Romney, but sure. um, I, I never really viewed him as such. Like, Kevin can do all spectrums as far as acting and stand-up. I've never seen Romney do stand-up, but no knock to him. I don't think they're one and the same. I think it sucks when you're a black comedian. <clears throat> because a lot of times <clears throat> it's sort of like there can only be one great black comic at a time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get uh, Cat Williams, but you can't get Cat Williams and Kevin Hart and Mike Epps all at the same time. Like they got to have their tears. 
And I, I don't think that's really fair, but Kevin Hart is dope. I love him. He's not the same type comic as Dave Chappelle, but if anybody's fortunate enough to win these tickets during grammar school, you're going to enjoy the hell out of yourself. All right, let's jump right into it. It's time for grammar school. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. And just when you think it can't get any worse, Josh is going to attempt to learn B dot's vernacular. I'm going to put one in the air. It's time for B dot's grammar school. Nobody better than B dot. Free game, during game, post game. Brought to you by Heritage Hardwood Floors. When it comes to flooring, they have no ceiling. At Heritage Hardwood Floors. When it comes to like, when it comes to flooring, they have no ceilings. You know how it goes down. Big shout out to my folks over there at Heritage Hardwood Floors. All right, Josh Graham. Now, we've got a couple of things. First, we have the new segment that we've added in grammar school where I give you a song. We, we use that last. That's going to be the last thing we do. Um, but also, to give away these tickets, how do you want to give away? I okay. do have a couple of words. Like, what do you want to do? Okay. I like... We do have the music that we'll do that we'll factor in. We have the regular style of grammar school that we're going to do. How about we give away one pair of tickets pretty early on, and then we'll try to give away another pair at the end. Right now, just like we normally do, if you think you can help me out with one of the words in grammar school, give us a call, 336-777-1600. That's the phone number. If you correctly assist me with one of these words then you will have won the tickets. But before we get into that, I have a caucastic question for you really quickly, um, Dot. Let's do it. WD told me last hour he didn't know who Meg Ryan was. Can you name a Meg Ryan movie? Hell no. No, I cannot. That's Meg Ryan. I've seen the movie The Meg, and I know Bob Ryan, he be on Around the Horn, and I know that the restaurant Ryan's, you remember the restaurant Ryan's? There used to be some good food there. But Meg Ryan, nope. She's the star of When Harry Met Sally. Um, she's the rom-com goat. Um, You've Got Mail. Um, she also... Over two. Oh, for two. Wow. Sleepless in Seattle. That doesn't do anything oh. with you. Hanks. Okay. Well, you, you failed this week in terms of the caucastic question. What's the first word you have for me, though? I just want to go on the record as saying I've never failed that bad. Like, I had, I, I had nothing there for you, Josh. Nothing. Sorry. Nevertheless... We're talking about phones, Josh. We're talking about telephones. What's a burner? Oh, a burner. I don't think I need the audience to help me out on this one. A burner is like a phone that you don't mind disposing of if you're calling like somebody you probably shouldn't be calling. It's like a burner Twitter account. It's like a burner phone. Damn right it is. You throw that joint away. It's a burner phone. It's usually held a lot of times by the dope boys. They can throw them away so they don't. So the feds can't trace their phone numbers, Josh Graham. Throw away phones. Got it. Okay. What's the second word? Um, I, I think I may have given you this before, Josh. If so, just roll with it and get you a perfect grade today. If you can guess the next question, but if not, you may need some assistance. What is Betty? What is what? Betty. Betty. 336-777-1600. I thought you knew that one, Josh Graham. There's a rapper named Fetty Wap. He only has one eye. Did you know that? I didn't. Let's go to Matt in Pofftown. See if he can help me out. Do you know what Fetty is, Matt? 
Hey, Matt, can you hear me? I hear Dot talking in the background a little bit. Matt, are you there? Matt, can you hear me? All right. Sorry, Matt. There he goes. Let's go to Dave and Clemens. Dave, are you ready? Dave, are you there? What up, JG? Do you know what Fetty is? Fetty is money, dinero. Oh, that's that's right. Well, you're going to Kevin Hart if that's right. Dot, is it money? I knew he was going to get it when he called in and said, what up, JG? Ha <laughs> ha, you damn right it's money. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, Dave, you're going to Kevin Hart. How's that sound? Hell yeah. I got some Fetty on it. There you go. That's Dave and Clement's got some Betty on it. Uh, you'll have another opportunity to win a little bit later on. You can even keep some of them on hold for an opportunity to win in a bit. Okay, so I'm two for two. Now this is the music question, which I've failed royally on the last couple of weeks. And what sucks about them is, Josh, you know the answer. You just know it after we play the song. That's what upsets you more than anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Here we go. This Florida rapper said, can we, turn can we turn the music bed down? Oh, let's turn it down, yeah. I'm going to buy you a drink, ooh-wee. Oh, I'm going to take you home with me. I got money in the bank. Shorty, what you think about that? I'll be in the gray Cadillac. We in the bed like ooh-ooh. We in the bed like ooh-ooh. I'm going to buy you a drink. <laughs> T-Pain, baby. Let's see. Ah, excellent. Excellent. That song. Mm. Yeah, T-Pain in the 2000s. Okay, so how about you give me a review word and we test the audience to see if they can win the second pair of Kevin Hart tickets that we have for Greensboro next month. 336-777-1600 if you'd like your crack at it. What does it mean to slide? S-L-I-D-E. What does it mean to slide? All right. Let's start to see if Artie and Winston knows. Artie, what does it mean to slide? Oh, just to leave a party. You slide out. Dot? Hey, tell Artie to have some fun at that Kevin Hart show, baby. Yeah! Artie, you got it right. You're going to go see Kevin Hart. Oh, thank you very much. There you go. (laughs) Stay on the line so WD can get your information. Listening to Artie's voice, I would not have thought that he would have known what it meant to slide, but there you go. Bet you he's a hardcore listener of the show and probably has heard grammar school. Like, we're doing... This is educational, Dot. It is. It damn sure is. really is. Um, But only when you apply it correctly. Now, I would like to say this, too. Slide can be used two ways. You could be ready to leave. Like, it's almost... I'm up against it. We got 13 minutes to the top of the hour. I know y'all got to do... Oh, no, it's not Friday. But nevertheless, I'm about to slide. But folks is winning these tickets to see Kevin Hart. They're definitely about to slide to the show. You dig what I'm saying? So you can use slide. Slide just means to go. Real quickly on the way out, Dot, um, 
I watched Air, and I love this movie. Not because I don't think, not because I think it's the greatest movie ever, but it just seems like the perception of Hollywood is, oh, we're gonna make a bunch of movies that bum you out. We're gonna make movies that you know are have to be about something, so to speak. Like, oh man, here's an agenda, here's a message, some politics sure. that are injected into it. And that's why I think Top Gun was such a great success last year because it was positive. Hey, I had a good time watching this movie and I don't feel like I was being lectured about anything. And none of that is an air. It was just fun. It's set in 1984 and also we're both sports fans and it's been Affleck and Matt Damon making a movie that it felt like was for us. But I got to know, you said there were things that you didn't know that the movie taught you about. What's the number one thing you didn't know that the movie taught you? Well, the number one thing was I didn't know that, you know, it was between Converse and I think uh, Adidas. Yeah. I didn't know the, the German history behind Adidas. Um, I didn't know how much um, MJ's mom was the point of reference of him even going to the meeting. He didn't even want to be there, you know, like just stuff like that. Like it was just interesting. I liked a lot of the callbacks. And they were like, Charles Barkley, you know, I don't want to hear what Charles Barkley got to say. And now Charles Barkley is like one of the most talkative sports people in the world. Yeah. It was just funny, man. Like I love being able to go back and forth with the nostalgia and then seeing how absurdly wrong people were. Like it was just funny, man. I enjoyed it. I really did. Oh, and we got to get your thought on this. We put this out on social media just a few minutes ago. WD and I did a video game draft in honor of the Super Mario movie that is, you know, become a hit in the last I gotta, week. I got to so, see that. Yeah. So we drafted, we did a video game draft, and here are the four video games I had. Mario Kart, Halo 3, Super Smash Bros., and ESPN NFL 2K5. That's the one where T.O. is making a one-handed catch on the cover. WD has Grand Theft Auto 5, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, NCAA Basketball 2009, and Super Mario World um, from the N64. Am I supposed to be adding my four or saying who's the best list? Yeah, who did better? <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna I, honestly, I think I'm gonna go with your list, Josh, because I played uh. more of games. But I think I like the games like Grand Theft. I like that better than any game that you mentioned. Like I've never, I never liked Mario Kart, but I played Mario Kart. Can I just throw my four out there real quick? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, what would be your top four? Tecmo Bowl for sure. Um, I got to put Mario Brothers number one, the first one. And I got to put Contra, because that's when we had a code, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B-A, start. And lastly, I'm going to put Madden. Duh. Yeah, I, I preferred the ESPN 2K5 that they weren't allowed to do because EA bought the exclusive rights the year after that. That was the last non-EA NFL game that was made. Okay, Dot, it's good to see you, and uh, I'll talk to you next week, buddy. How's the dog? Oh, she, the streak ended the day. We had three consecutive days where she didn't go in the house. While I was taking a shower, she uh, she, she, she took a leak. Love but, you, Josh. 